Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. January 23rd edition. Gosh, it feels like forever since I've done a show with you guys, even though we did have a great show with Shane Helms. On Friday, now open to non-members where we talk about backstage fights. We talk about Jericho versus Helms, Jericho versus Goldberg. We talk about the dicks fighting each other. If, if you ever wanted such a thing, the Shane Helms podcast is the way to go. You can get that. You can get the Matt Riddle show. You can get Anna Bowert's Most Ridiculous early by registering at Fightful.com. It's free. You'll never have to pay to do that. Speaking of, we have the the dashing Anna Bauert with us. Anna, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, especially after what just happened on Raw. I'm good. Yeah. How are you? I'm fantastic. What time is it over there? Uh, 3 p.m., just after. I got to say, ending Raw at 3 p.m. sounds far less frustrating than ending it at yeah. 11, 10 p.m. I can kind of understand people's complaints, given that it's good for me. I'm happy. And we are joined by Fightful.com uh, wrestling editor, associate editor. He's, he's the editor of some shit. His name is Alex Pawlowski. He'll be carrying us through this edition of Raw, which he covered. Also, you can catch him this Saturday. He'll be uh, covering NXT TakeOver, the, the podcast at least. Then he'll be covering, hopefully, the Royal Rumble, and he'll be joined this Sunday by some familiar names, Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins, as I will be in San Antonio. Alex, what's up, my man? Uh, not much. Just uh, looking at the uh, countdown clock, uh, not for the entry into the Royal Rumble, but for my own daughter and her entrance into the world. Uh, that could happen tomorrow or it could happen on Sunday, in which case I don't know what happens. But we'll uh, we'll see. If it happens Sunday, we'll have uh, Rob and Jeff carry a podcast on their own. Uh, we we have backup plans. Uh, also, this Sunday at the Royal Rumble, for the Royal Rumble, we have a live stat tracker. David Tease is going to run that. I would assume that if your child is born, David Tease will just take over Royal Rumble coverage. And Probably. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll figure it out. There are contingencies in place. Sure. Sure. But yeah, guys, uh, register fightful.com. You'll get early access to a ton of stuff. We got people like Jason Kincaid of Evolve. You can catch him this Friday on Evolve writing for us. Uh, in discussions with some other names as well. One of you, by the way, need to turn down your headphones because I hear feedback. But um, we got Monday Night Raw to talk about. We're going to have Alex take us through this show. Get him a little prepared for his hosting duties on Saturday. Just make sure you don't suck, Alex. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's, that's basically the way I like to live my life is just, just a step above <laughs> Not sucking. sucking. Yeah, just like if sucking is here, then I want to be like right there and no higher, you know, just but, to cruising through. Another cheap plug. UFC star Elias Theodora does a show with us every Tuesday on Fightful.com. Also, UFC veteran Sean Pearson does a show on Wednesdays. Guys, pardon my language, but when I say that these two men give absolutely zero fucks about who they upset, I really mean it. Sean Pearson walked out of the UFC on a three-fight winning streak. Elias Theodora was something like 5-1, and 6-1 and one in the UFC if you include his Ultimate Fighter fights. They do not care who they upset, which uh, fits perfectly with, with our group of jolly podcasters and writers here at Fightful.com. But we have a full set of uh, Fightful MMA podcasts, Fightful Wrestling podcasts. We're bringing you all kinds of stuff, all kinds of Royal Rumble features this week as well, more than any other site that you will find on the internet. That I promise you. Go follow us at these three handles down here. Fightful Wrestle for wrestling, Fightful MMA for MMA, and of course Fightful Online for both. And in the uh, Fightful.com podcast page, click that little link. Go get yourself a Fightful t-shirt. Alex, what did you think of Raw? (sighs) Difficult to say. Uh, They certainly left us hanging. Uh, That was not not cool. Uh, I don't like getting left hanging uh, when it's a high five. So you can imagine how I felt when they did this. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. There was, there was, uh, there was some good stuff and some frustrating stuff uh, and, and one hell of a match uh, or should I say a uh, haluva match. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to all those things. Um, yeah. Despite that match, we are not out of the woods yet. They did give us a dash of hope, but Anna, what did you think about the show? Um, that match, Rollins and Sami Zayn, I put on Twitter that I would like to propose to it, um, bear its <laughs> children and live out a very long, happy life with it. Um, I wish the rest of the show were as eventful as that. But I would say, for the most part, it was pretty damn enjoyable. But yeah, that that last moment, um, <laughs> I want more. I, yeah, I want more. Before we get, before we let Alex take off on this show, I want to get Anna's thoughts on the green card movement on the SmackDown <laughs> podcast. People are throwing. Uh, what, the, you've got more entrance than the Royal Rumble right now. You got you got like at least thirty five people willing to marry you for a green card right now. Well, apparently all I had to do was employ Noam Dar's tactics um, to get a green card and just sexually harass um, anyone, really. So watch out. No, hey, no, I, mean, I take that back. I take that back. That's horrible. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe this is what Noam Dar's doing. I mean, 
Alicia Fox got DJ Gabriel into the country doing that like eight years ago, but nobody remembers him because he sucks. Alex, go ahead. T- tell us about this show. Carry us through this Monday Night Raw program. Oh, do I have to? Okay, so um, it wasn't that bad, Alex. It, Come it, on. There were there were uh, again there were moments and one great match, but everything else was uniformly pretty just blah. Um, so we start out with uh, Roman Reigns starting the show again, uh, and everybody boos again. I, I don't understand why they insist on starting shows like this. But uh, he comes down, and the shark cage is in the ring, and he talks about how uh, nothing matters because he's the guy, and he's going to win the match. And I just, I, I, I really feel like the poor guy just needs a little self confidence. You know, he just seems to be so down on himself, and just doesn't ever believe in himself. So I don't know why I should. Uh, I'm kidding, of course, because it's the opposite of that, and uh, his arrogance kind of just is palpable. Uh, so then anyway, uh, Owens and Jericho come out, and they, they're uniformly brilliant, uh, making fun of him uh, because they put him through an announce table. As they rightfully put out, uh, point out that he's, uh, he's put so many other people through the announce table that it's just, you know, turnabout's fair play at this point. So um, at some point, Jericho says, I'm going to come down there, and I'm going to make you I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you an idiot, you dig? And Roman Reigns is like, oh, does that mean I get uh, a rematch? Well, I didn't know you wanted one because you never mentioned it before. <laughs> like, you didn't care about the U.S. title at all. I don't know what this was. Um, bullet points, Alex, bullet points. Yeah, uh, this whole thing. A U.S. title match was set up. Here we go. Well, yeah, I know. But like, uh, the whole point is that Raymond Reigns doesn't want a U.S. title match. He wants a universal title match, which he's going to get anyway. The whole well, thing he asked was- for it. I suppose he did. I suppose he did. Anna, were you as, as perturbed by this opening segment as I was? Every, every damn week, open the show and his music hits. I've been re-watching the destruction of the Shield package on WWE Network for $9.99. And every time now that the Shield music hits, I, I'm disappointed because it's just in my mind now that that's Roman Reigns. And I fucking hate that because it's the shield. Yep. I, anyway. Same so clothes, Roman same, Reigns to me. It's the same clothes, the same look, the same music. There's no, no separation. Well, Roman Reigns is what Sophia Grace is on SmackDown Live. <laughs> it's just constantly trying to be put over when it's like, just stop. It's, it's not working. It's not going to happen. Turn oh. him freaking heel. Let's be honest. I would probably listen to Roman Reigns sing far quicker than I would Sophia Grace. Okay, if they gave him that gimmick, I'm I'm behind that 100. percent Just do something different. Uh, Sophia Grace is, is the girl in the in the teapot video. She's just grown up at an advanced rate, and she's coming for revenge. You guys, uh, this was. It, Reigns isn't the guy to be in this spot right now. And you'll have a lot of people say, well, he's selling merchandise. A lot of people would sell merchandise in this spot. If you were pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, a lot of people would do that. Hell, Daniel Bryan did it without the push. I I, I just hate that this force, and it's still going on. It's still going on. A lot of people compare him to Lex Luger, but he's he's way better than Lex Luger. It's not that bad. But – Man, like he, he tries to force these these little lines, and they're just not good. They're just not good. No, 
They're not. I mean, yes, you're, you're right. The, the, the whole point of this was to set up uh, a U.S. title match for later, the, uh, the inevitable a contracted rematch uh, so that um, we can move Roman Reigns on from this title that he never wanted to begin with and put him in the main event scene again uh, where Vince believes he belongs. Uh, anything else to add to this or can we move on? Now let's get to Gallows and Cesaro. Yeah, so uh, they, they're they doing this whole Gallows and Cesaro thing because they already did a Gallows and Sheamus thing and an Anderson and, and uh, Cesaro thing. Um, uh, I thought it was funny how halfway through the, uh, the match, uh, Sheamus just decided he didn't like Carl Anderson being there and literally chased him away. It's like Anderson just turned tail and ran. And it wasn't like she- Sheamus gave chase and chased him out of out of the arena. He stopped like two feet onto the ramp and turned around. Like this is not how you build a a, a heel that that you know is going to take the belt from your from your champ. It just didn't feel right uh, at all. Um, uh, how did you look at this? Uh, uh, and I know you have a soft spot for the Good Brothers. Yeah, I, I'm just really I'm confused by what they're trying to do with this angle because they keep bringing up Japan and how over they were there and they were champions and stuff, and then they do shit like this and give them the dorkiest lines I've ever heard next to Roman Reigns, and I just don't understand. And then they're up against two guys who are singles competitors who still are arguing after months of being a tag team. I just don't, like unless you are actually going to give them the belts and make them these cast heels like they were in New Japan, what the fuck? I don't get it. Sean, do you get yeah, it? Yeah, they I, kind of. I mean, this was your typical little Haas match. I think mm-hmm. the real story, Cesaro, I think, has regressed a little bit in the ring over the past couple of years. I say that after watching some of the Royal Rumbles from years past and how he used to come in like a house of fire. Now, that's that's not a bad thing. Cesaro regressing, or Cesaro regresses a lot better than most people improved. As I've said before, I wish there was some sort of catalyst for the club's newfound success, some definitive point that you could aim and say, hey, this is what causes this. Even Like I said, Stephanie McMahon showing up and saying, we paid a lot for your contracts and you haven't delivered. You better deliver because they're almost up. And then that's what causes them to light a fire under their ass, because they're always talking about New Japan. They're always talking about how much money they got paid, but they're always losing. And the idea always, if if this is a shoot, is that you get paid half as much to lose as you would to win. But that, that's never brought up, and that's weird. Uh, Luke Gallows won with a flapjack, which I... Okay. I, yeah. I don't remember the last time we saw somebody win with a flapjack, but I don't remember the last time we saw him win either. Um right. I love that they've added a second match or a second ref to the match at the Rumble, though. That makes sense. Um, it's odd that you say that because it was one of those things of um, they added a second a second ref to the match to make sure there was no confusion this time since last week there was all this confu- confusion when one of the refs went down. And I feel like two refs who are inevitably going to disagree about a call on the field, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to have a huddle, and one of them's going to go underneath that little thing where they put a hood over themselves and look at the replay, and they're going to come back and have a conference. Uh, like, how does that help your confusion problem? Um, 
I mean, I'm interested in seeing what's going on, but there's no way you add a second ref to the match without that being the reason why there's confusion. You know what I mean? Wouldn't you just put that down to the ref being incompetent at his job and fire them? Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm not sure what this is all about, but um, Luke Gallows won. It's about a tag team title match. That's what it's about. Come on, guys. I suppose. It's not – it could have been a lot worse – I'm glad they added a second ref to this, so, but I wish they maybe wouldn't – if they didn't bury their damn refs all the time, there wouldn't be a need for it. That, that's, that's the issue is every ref is buried. Like there's no semblance of – there's no, no reason why anybody should respect the rules in, in this company. It's, it's unfortunate because if you do that, then ev- everything means a little bit more. If if your rules if your rules mean more then a lot of other things mean more I won't say everything but a lot of things. Well, maybe two of those twenty nine holes the Undertaker dug are for the refs in this match. They can bury them <laughs> right there. Um, so after this, we go backstage and Mick Foley's talking to Stephanie McMahon on speakerphone uh, for some reason. It's just because. And then Sami Zayn comes in and he says, "Hey, uh, how do I how do I uh, enter the Royal Rumble?" When we've seen everyone come down like, I'm officially entering the Royal Rumble match. And I was like, oh, okay, this guy's in it. But Sami Zayn, because he's the whitest of white me baby faces, has to ask how to do it. Uh, and Mick's all ready to let him in. And then Steph says, not so fast, young man. That's not how this works. When we know that's exactly how this works. Just saying you're in it. Uh, he says, you have to fight somebody to get in. That's how this works. But that's not how it's worked at all this entire time. Uh, so we find out later that he's got to fight Seth Rollins for, uh, for the spot, but not just for any spot for Seth Rollins' spot. Uh, this was an interesting little, uh, development. What did you, what did you think about that, Anna? It just made no sense considering how many other guys just entered themselves into the rumble an hour later that mm-hmm. why did Sammy have to take Seth's spot? And yeah. I get it, like, Steph wants to shit on everything, and I kind of thought the crowd was cheering because she was just on speakerphone and not actually in the building. But it's just, it's unbelievable to me. She still managed to be massive heel without even being there and completely shit on Sami Zayn. But I can't complain because we got that match and I got married and, you know, right. it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, later, when Big when Big Cass declared himself into the Rumble, I was like, "Oh, well, who does he have to fight to get in? Whose spot oh, is he going to take?" This, Stephanie doesn't hate him. <laughs> Come on, it makes sense for Stephanie to be a complete douchebag to Sami Zayn. Like he's that dork that gets picked on in high school just because he is that dork. And there were there were a lot of people upset about Sami Zayn uh, being treated like a dork last week, but he is a dork. He is, and there's nothing wrong with his character being a dork because there are dorks in the world, and there are some dorks that can kick your ass, and Sami Zayn is that dork who can kick your ass sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, he walks around in a taxi hat skanking to ska music. Come on. (laughs) Come on. I bet he played – if he could, he would would probably – he's probably in a ska band. I bet at some point he's been in a ska band. And played in a cafeteria or two. But uh, I thought Seth Rollins was real good when Mick Foley was like mentioning all this stuff to him. I thought uh, Seth Rollins was good. Also, Mick Foley looks 15 years younger 
with the haircut and dressing like an adult. Uh, I thought that was noticeable. Yeah. Um, so let's just go right into this into this uh, great match. Um, this was one of the best matches on Raw that I can remember in a long time. Uh, the all the psychology of it, um, and you know the 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 finish, of course, with um, Triple H's music hitting, but him not coming down, and that being the reason why Seth lost the match uh, was just phenomenal. What did you feel about it, uh, Anna? Other than wanting to marry it, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, something simple like that. It's, yeah, the psychology of it, just the fact that for the first good bit of it was just grappling. It is perfect. And Seth Rollins is, <laughs> I love the man himself, but just his technique in the ring, it's everything he does is beautiful. Like, I would cry tears of joy at how beautiful it is. The suicide dive, which normally I cringe at, was spot on and, yeah, yes. Um, I did question, though, he seemed to have hurt himself quite a bit during the match, and it looked like he kept getting dropped on his head a little bit, which was a concern. Um, But aside from that, I mean, when the ghost of Triple H came out, that was a nice pop. Um, And it's the first time that a distraction roll-up has actually, it felt legitimate as to why he would lose. So that was nice, considering Alex, Alex, let me jump in. What does Triple H getting such a big pop mean to you two? Because Seth Rollins is supposed to be the babyface in this situation. Triple H's music hits. The crowd goes fucking nuts. Well, it's, it's the fact that he hasn't been around he hasn't made an appearance on Raw since he came in and handed the belt to Owens, and we all thought that was going to start this huge storyline of of Triple H coming in and you know uh, and being a part of of this main event storyline, and it's just it just went away, and it went it went away for so long that when when Seth Rollins finally came out and said, "I'm calling out Triple H," we were like, well, "What took you so damn long?" So it was a lot of things that people are just are, were waiting for that one moment where Triple H comes back to Raw. And I feel like the pop that you heard in the Cleveland arena was because they were thinking how cool it is that Triple H is coming back now here with the, the, the event that I'm at. Of course, he didn't come out, but they didn't know that at the time. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Triple H is always going to get a huge pop because he's – I think a lot of it is because he's viewed by a lot of the Smarks as the savior, the eventual savior of WWE, the guy who's going to take over and carry it into this new era when Vince is gone. And I feel like people look at him that way, not as the biggest heel in the history of the business. You know what I mean? Which is what he's basically been booked as a lot. So uh, Anna, what did you think about that? Well, it's also the thought that he could actually be there is, you know, it's the first time we've seen him since Rollins called him out. And it just means it's the start of the match. It's the start of this, well, restart of this rivalry, which I'm guessing they were supposed to do at WrestleMania last year. So it's it's a long time coming. It makes, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I'm all for it. I love this match. Like, it went from, like, Blue Thunder Bomb, Falcon Arrow. There was a sling blade out of, like, the wrist clutch that, that, the, that sets up the Rainmaker. Uh, they were on the top rope, and Seth Rollins 
almost went for a, a Pepsi plunge that CM Punk used to do on like the independent circuit, the top rope pedigree. Then Zane turned that into a sunset flip power bomb, like then a pedigree on the apron. There are a lot of people that I'm sure that, you know, there's always those people. Well, I didn't like the match. There was no psychology. It was a bunch of moves over and over again. And it's what a wrestling match is sometimes. It's a, it's yeah. a sequential series of moves that happen and then somebody gets pinned. There ain't nothing wrong with that. I thought this was a really, really good, smart way to get Sami Zayn into the Rumble match and to beat uh, or and to beat uh, Seth Rollins. I don't doubt that Seth Rollins somehow gets into the Royal Rumble match, but as number one. That would make a lot of sense if he were number one, he made it all the way to number 30, and then Triple H comes out to kick his ass again. And then it's like Triple H, second straight year, gives himself number 30 in an effort to get up. Um, but I don't know. They, I don't think they announced anything on Raw tonight about that. So it makes me wonder if that'll happen, or maybe they'll they'll save that for like Wednesday, Thursday to maybe continue that buzz, you know, because they don't have Thursday to announce anything anymore like like they used to on SmackDown. So they may announce like Wednesday, Thursday, maybe even Friday, Seth Rollins will be in the Royal Rumble match as number one. I think that would make sense because they have to sustain that throughout the week. That's that's the same with like anything. Like, hey, we don't release all of our Royal Rumble features on Monday. We do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's just just smart to do it like that. I hope he's still in it though, because that match would have a possible winner there. I yeah, mean, he's not uh, going to win it, but he's a potential. no. But he's a, he would be a potential winner. Um, uh, I I agree. I think it'd be great if he, could, he found a way in that they made him do a double duty thing. Maybe Steph would say, "You can you can be in, but you've got to beat this heel tag team or something." Uh, in, in a handicap match to do it, although we don't have a lot of heel tag teams for him to face. I don't know, but something that would that would make him uh, have to win a match on at the pay-per-view and then uh, move on to the Rumble at number one. Uh, the match, uh, I loved a lot, uh, those finishing moves you were talking about uh, and how everybody was kicking out of all these moves. I think that each of these guys needs three or four finishers. Like AJ. Like, like, yeah, like the Blue Thunder Bomb should finish guys 25% of the time. The Falcon Arrow, 30% of the time. These things like should actually be able to take out guys occasionally so that when we see them, we're, we pop. And by the time the, the hand is coming down for three, I already know the guy's kicking out. Well, here's the thing. Never, never pound, uh, pins a guy with a AJ accidentally got four finishes, though, because they didn't want him to use the Styles Clash. Then he got the phenomenal forearm over. He got the calf cutter or the calf crusher, whatever the hell it's called. It's a calf cutter in MMA. He got that over. Then they were like, oh, well, he can start using the Styles Clash again. And what, what's the other one he uses? I feel like he uses one more. Mm, those I, are I three know. that I know of. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, I just felt like how much more would this match have, have, have popped us if we thought actually thought that any of those uh, moves, the Michinoshku driver, the, that, uh, that sweet little, like you said, wrist clutch into the sling blade would actually have pinned a guy. Uh, but, like I said, you know, that's – that's just wishful thinking, I think, at this point. Everyone knows that all finishers are protected to a certain degree until they're not. Um, I think they sold it well, though. Given yes. the amount of times we see kicking out of finishers, they sold oh, it yeah. very well. These guys, these guys sold during the match wonderfully. Um, so uh, really briefly backstage, uh, Seth Rollins is looking for Triple H, and he comes across Mick Foley, who swears, I didn't know! 
I didn't know. I, He's going to get answers. Yeah. I'm going to get answers. Don't worry, Seth. I'm going to get answers. Um, There's a lot of stuff that happened uh, in on this episode that relied on certain people having control of either the soundboard or like the, or props and, 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 at, and doing things they needed to do. I'm wondering who's the guy There needs to be a kayfabe reason why certain guys uh, have their music hit at certain times and don't come in. Like who's the guy back there going, uh, is it triple H like play, playing his own music or was the guy like accidentally like, like, you know, nudge it with his elbow and go, Oh crap. I hit the wrong music. Uh, that would that didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, one thing Seth said is like Triple H took away a year of my life, which I was like, no, he didn't. He he injured you on that match against Kane. That was the thing I didn't see. Was he invisible well, then too? When you power bombed a three hundred and ten pound man after t- tearing your ACL, that was Triple H. I love I love that he said that because it was just obviously Seth just improving wildly. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, uh, so we move on then now to a six man tag in the cruiserweight division which involves uh, fan favorites and um, the evolution of beards on one team. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfacial hair, uh, uh, the wonderful mustache of Jack Gallagher on the other. Um, the thing that's notable for in, in this for me is that they seem to be pushing Mustafa Ali as a baby face. It's the first time he's been on Raw. He's been on 205 Live a lot. Um, he's, a, he's a Muslim baby face which is kind of amazing in wrestling and so awesome. And it just makes me happy to be a wrestling fan. Like, like that's a thing. Like if they actually continue this and make it work, that's really progressive, like way more progressive than, than, than wrestling's been in a, in a long time. And little steps like that make me go, wow, that's interesting. Cause I, I mean, usually all you have to do is like have a funny name and you're foreign and obviously you're a heel. So well, you better, you better keep that imploding 450 because that's the only reason they want him as a baby face right now. Yeah, they, they, they do uh, love that move, which is totally it's sweet. It's a cool move. It's, it's, a, a it's an move. awesome move. It's an amazing move. It's one of, I think it's the most beautiful move in, in, uh, in WWE. What do you think, I, uh, Anna? Uh, I'm, it's, I know people watch this stuff and they don't quite understand the – the link up between or doing something simple like that, like putting over a Muslim wrestler as a face. They just think, Oh, storyline, whatever. But like, it is simple things like that. That makes all the difference because young kids watch this stuff and it does make a huge difference. Anyway, that aside, um, I'm still finding it difficult to get into the cruiserweight matches. And I don't really understand why I think it's because there still is so much character development lacking that I'm watching them and the moves are cool and everything, but there are only certain times where I'm actually really engaged in it. Like I popped huge when Gallagher's music came up because I love him. Um, but then the rest of the match, like I wrote down what is Perkins wearing? Is he wearing like snakeskin glad wrap? It was just, that's kind of, yeah. I really wish that they rectify the situation. They had the risk. This was uh, – it's tough because I, I want more character development, and they have done it more over the past two months. But this was, I still thought, a good way to showcase the cruiserweights because it was really fast, furious action. There was a lot of cool spots in this match. But much like with 205 Live, I would have put this on earlier in the night when the crowd's not as restless or and a half into the show, probably two and a half hours if they taped main event before. Um, 
It is just weird, though, how Ali gets that cool imploding 450. And, like, 10 years ago, shooting star presses had to be cleared by Vince McMahon. Like, he didn't want them on the show. So, it. a lot of people talk about how he's resistant to change, and he is. But this is – that's quite a change that's happened. So, so good on them for, for at least accepting that. But we do need some more character development out of these. And TJ Perkins doesn't need to be a heel. Enough of this. It's a charade. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'll tell you what also is a charade. Uh, one of those, I'm going to interrupt you, then you interrupt me, and then you, other guy, interrupt him. Uh, that was this, but it was saved again by Handsome Rusev. God, that was uh, great. So, so the New Day come out. I don't even know what they were going to do. They were talking about how they're awesome and they're going to win the Royal Rumble. But then uh, Cass and Enzo interrupt them, and Cass says, I'm in the Royal Rumble. And then... <laughs> And that, which is all you have to do uh, if you're Big Cass. And then Roy- Rusev comes out and he says, I'm in the Royal Rumble. What, what's your beef uh, with Big Cass? No, I'm not. I'm just, I, all I ask for is consistency. If everyone else. She hates can, can him. Just... Stephanie hates him. Yeah, He's I a know. dork it's, it's, and it's... she hates dorks. She doesn't <laughs> like him. That's the consistency. She is the... consistently a jackass then she should say, I don't like you, Sammy, and this is why you have to do this for me tonight. Well, she not, asked that she doesn't how, like him before. Right. But tonight she said, that's not how we do this. Which is With a, an objective falsehood. <laughs> that is an alternative truth. Well, we're, I living will tell you that right a, now. we're living in a world where people hold press conferences <laughs> to explain lies with more lies. So, okay. so anyway, we're not getting uh, into Rusev, politics. Rusev, but, but Rusev comes out and he says... He, he, he clowns on Big Cass and Big E for having an obvious adjective as a first name. And he says, I don't go around calling myself Handsome Rusev, which might be the, the greatest burn. Uh, it's so great. I was expecting I penis so jokes much. there. I was expecting a million penis jokes. Because <laughs> like, you call yourself big? Yeah, come on. 15 years ago, that's a dick joke. That is a yep. dick joke. <laughs> uh. So then, of course, Titus O'Neil comes out, and the, basically the whole storyline seems to be that New Day hates Titus. Uh, and uh, Titus says there's going to be an eight-man tag. There's some confusion about who the tag teams are going to be. Is it going to be Lana? Then Xavier does something like respect for being fine, which is just not helpful. Oh, come on, anyway, Alex. It's, it's I not, thought that was better um, than if they just left it, to be honest. That's true. He did try to save it. Uh, but anyway, so there was an eight-man tag because he brought out their their fourth guy, Braun Strowman, uh, which saved the segment for me. What uh, a coup for you Titus, think? by the way. How did he pull <laughs> that one off? <laughs> I don't know if he booked it himself, but uh, he certainly had the inside info. Uh, yeah, that was uh, pretty great to have, have Braun come down uh, and kind of save this whole thing. What do you think about this little interplay here, uh, Anna? I realized that I need to set my morning alarm to Braun roaring because my heart actually leapt. Um, and that's, that's how I want to start every day. Um, I just don't understand the Titus thing I haven't ever really but it's just it's getting worse it's like they need to repackage him or give him a personality or something like and I don't know if you want to talk about the match yet but he did 
I was just watching him. I think it was against Kofi trying to figure out what it is. And then he did this like fly squat thing down and I went, okay, I kind of get it. And then he broke out in this, I'm LeBron opening Wales vagina, like barking into it thing that he does. that I just don't. And then at the same time, Cole said something like, then he does that. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Right. What the fuck is that? No, that's 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 his taunt that he calls the San Diego, I believe, uh, which means <laughs> vagina. Uh, but uh, no, the, the match the match was fine. It was just you know what was whatever it was. Uh, my favorite part was how it wound up somehow just being down to Braun and Enzo, and ended up basically <laughs> exactly how you would figure that would end up. Uh, so the rest of it really didn't matter because it was just wound up being. Uh, effectively, a Braun Strowman versus Enzo Amore singles match and lasted all of 40 seconds. And that was Sean? one of those things where you see it and then you realize that you didn't know that that was actually a void missing in your life. <laughs> and now it's it's filled. It's all good. Yeah. Sean, what did you yeah, think this, about this? This was a vehicle for Braun Strowman. Um, Rusev was hilarious. That was good. Big Show came out afterward wearing his Captain Insano gear. From the Water Boy, somebody pointed that out to me on Twitter, and I was like, "Hell yeah, he was!" And he looked damn good in that Captain Sano gear. Good for him. Um, what I want to know is why does Braun Strowman give a single fuck how big Big Show is? He kills people all the time. Now he's backing down from people. WWE had done a fantastic job building this guy until the what. He cared. He's scared now, and it's the on-his-time stuff. No, that's not what got him over. Right. That is not what got him over. And I get it. They're like, ooh, we got to make him a heel now because nobody can just get fucking over. Right. Nobody can just be over. God forbid somebody just get over and stay over. No, they got to marginalize everybody. They got to make sure everybody's – well, we can't have him over uh, more than we want him to be over. He might make money doing that. We might make money doing that. People might watch the show if that happens. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand it. I honestly – second week in row. I think Braun might actually outweigh show at this point. Might. Like, Braun is like 385 legit, and, and show is dropping weight in a hurry. So He's who in knows? great shape. He's in great shape, and that's so cool. Uh, I think it's really funny that they say – Big Show is going to enter the Royal Rumble when we already know he's facing Shaq at WrestleMania. Like, that's already a thing that we all know is happening. They're talking yeah. back and forth on social media. It's a wasted spot in the Rumble. But whatever. It'll be fun seeing who puts over a stro- uh, show uh, over the top rope. There are um, 25 wasted spots in the Rumble, though. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, uh, I This, this stare-down lasted, like, I felt three or four minutes and, and accomplished <laughs> nothing. Uh so if it was me, his show comes down, uh, he throws the first punch, uh, Braun wrecks him, and then walks away laughing. Show gets right back up. That's fine. But you should prove that Braun knows he's the biggest, strongest, toughest son of a bitch in the Royal Rumble. And that we should all know that too. And that should be how you, how you build him going into the Rumble. Not, I'm going to back up, you know? Definitely. I agree. So here we go with uh, Jericho and Reigns, the U.S. title match. Um, this break his code, Chris. Break his code. <laughs> break his code, Chris. Um, 
Yeah, so Owens winds up on commentary and is brilliant, ethering uh, Saxton. Uh, the match ends when uh, Owens decides he's going to get involved and he gets, uh, gets his buddy DQ'd. Uh, they try and put Roman Reigns in a, in a shark cage, but Owens can't figure out how locks work. So uh, it winds up with uh, Owens in the cage, um, exactly how we all wanted it to go. What do you think, uh, Anna? If when Chris Jericho finally retires from in-ring competition, I would just implore him to stay on as a manager. He is the greatest. Anyway, um, he is high five across the stadium with KO and the, what was it? Uh, you see that baby. I love these two and I never want them to break up and Fozzie is great, but please don't leave us. Um, I don't know. It was just, why? Why this match? What did they achieve from it? They got Maybe if they put Reigns in a cage, and that would be cool, but we didn't even get that. What was the point? They just just wanted to get Roman Reigns' rematch done. It's done. And they they put Owens in a cage, and I, I did like the spot where Jericho held onto the cage. And Reigns Superman punched him off of that. I thought that was really cool. I've seen far worse. Uh, Reigns didn't talk, and he barely wrestled. So I didn't. I mean, like I said, it got them away from that U.S. title match, that rematch. Yeah. It doesn't have to happen anymore. They can move on past the Roman Reigns U.S. title thing. My favorite part was Owens calling for the cage, and the cage coming when he called, and then uh, Roman Reigns calling for the cage to go up, and it went up when he said so. Uh, I want to know who is the guy manning the cage and what are his allegiances because he's a flip flopper and I don't like it. Um, so yeah, they, they let KO out of the cage. Uh, and, uh, there he's told that it's going to be a no DQ match on Sunday, which is an interesting development, I guess. Uh, I don't know how that changes things, but I guess we'll have to see. Um, the next thing they had was, um, was Nia Jax. Versus killing uh, nobody. This is this poor girl who got bonsai dropped. Bonsai. When was the last time anybody saw a bonsai drop? I love it. Uh, Use all the Samoan moves. Oh, please do. Uh, yeah, it it was uh, pretty great. Twenty seconds. Then she sounded like a valley girl. Yeah, that's true. The the the, the post so th- post match thing was pretty bad. Uh, so they later they they talk about how there's going to be. Uh, Preso match, Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. Sasha came out with a crutch, whipped Nia all over the ring. Anna, are you looking forward to this Sasha Banks-Nia Jax match? I really am. I think there is – yeah, I think Banks can get something out of Jax there. My only issue is with both of their voices and their accents, it's going to be the most annoying promos in the world. It just – Nia – her Valley Girl thing does not – line up at all with the look i just really wish please someone get them speech classes or something um but aside from that Corey graves had the line you can't just take one name and split it in half like this girl did with the jobber's name which i thought was probably the best thing about that i'll I'll play Uh, devil's advocate i'll play devil's advocate here mike tyson his voice didn't match him but it worked because I think maybe his voice made him a little more intimidating because you're like, man, you know he had to deal with that his whole life. 
But if, if a girl who looked like Nia Jax came up to you at a bar and threatened your life with that accent. <laughs> yeah, I'd laugh. I would definitely yeah. laugh. Yeah. Well, speaking of women talking, there were also these long interview segments with both Bailey and Charlotte putting over their match on Sunday. Uh, more or less interested in this match now, Anna, after these uh, interviews. Bailey just doesn't stand up next to Charlotte. And that just kind of confirmed that. She, I, it's at the point where I actually question how she got over so much at NXT. What is the missing ingredient from NXT to main roster that is just leaving her looking like this? She is like you know Izzy, the NXT fan. She's just Izzy embodied as a 20-something-year-old woman, but still with a 12-year-old mentality. I don't understand what went wrong. I mean, I think she's still over. Not to that degree, but, I mean, though, though she was primarily competing – in front of full sale crowds that did love her and that did see her come up as an underdog, perhaps behind Becky Lynch, Sasha, Charlotte. So she was. Yeah, well, I saw all that too, but now I just look at her and I'm like, what are you doing? I, I didn't think I these. Just, I, didn't to that. I thought these segments were much better than they would have been if they had her just backstage with a mic in her face. I think the sit downs help because, I mean, and a lot of times they don't want to do that because you got a live crowd, but hey, there are millions of people watching and those millions of people eventually will be those thousands of people in the crowd that react when this person comes out. Uh, look what backstage segments did for, or backstage interviews did for Mick Foley when he did the three faces of Foley thing. I think they help out. It shows some evolution, but the awkwardness is I think part of Bailey. I think her being a little awkward and being, um, I think, I think that's part of the attraction. One thing I liked about Charlotte, even though it's completely untrue, she said, I could be competing in the Olympics in volleyball, I could be in the WNBA, but I chose to come to the WWE. I think that's a good way to put over the fact that she's in WWE because she is a tall, athletic girl. She ain't going to be in the Olympics or the WNBA, but I thought that was a cool thing for her to bring up. I liked both of those, uh, even though Anna is a hater, hater, alligator about Bailey. I just don't get it. Yeah, we'll we'll see if anybody gets it after Sunday. Uh, so finally, we have our final uh, not finally but we have our final purple ropes segment of the evening, which is just more Alicia Fox and no. <laughs> I love that he uh, still calls her like that, even though yeah. they're together. Like yeah, in the backstage things. interview, he was like, "Sorry, I took Alicia Fox from you." Yep. Uh, Swan beats Noam Dar because, you know, he has to. Uh, he calls out Neville. Neville comes out and Neville backs down from Rich Swan. Um, because if you are a heel, you are a coward. That is a 100% true statement. Uh, and then backstage, Cedric further distances himself from the Noam Dar, Alicia Fox thing, but they will not let it die. Alex, I got another one for you, buddy. Who's the pyro guy who has the pyro set up for Neville just being called out whenever? Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't it's, just, it's all loaded up, ready to go. Yeah. I like to think match. he does that on his way out quickly. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a match scheduled. What is this? Um, so, uh, yeah. The, yeah, I, I, I don't think we have anything more to say about this. Just Alicia Fox and Noam Dar continue to be 
crazy and creepy. And Swan has a nice spin kick. Yes, he does. Uh, I liked I like Noam Dar and Alicia Fox backstage, but because I, I love the the Alicia Fox going crazy thing, I think she's the best ever at that. I thought Cedric was good until they forced the line when he was like, "With her, we're good." And then he goes, "But you did attack me last week and pushed him." I was like, "Are you in preschool? Did he steal your blocks?" Well, to to, to go along with that, then Alicia Fox says to Cedric, "You almost made him cry." <laughs> it was phenomenal. God, it's one of those things that if this was if this was something that was being done in WWE 15 years ago, I would I would have loved it. But right now, I'm just like I'm so over this. Uh, the way they're using this anyway. Um, the final segment: uh, Goldberg walks down to the ring, having just opened himself up the hard way on the <laughs> door on his way out of the locker room. So no one pays attention to anything he's saying because he's got blood streaming down his face. Plus, he might have given himself a concussion because he couldn't yep. he couldn't remember what the name of the title was he was going up for. This fucking fool. Oh, my God. He <laughs> went out there and cut a promo like a guy who rammed his head into a goddamn wall. Oh, wait. He did. <laughs> it's, uh. it's a wrestling promo. You got to get so jazzed up that you run your head into a steel door. Like, like, I'm sorry, guys. I know I've cursed a lot on this show, but the fucking car window wasn't enough. You didn't learn your lesson. Like 15 years ago, when a company had some plans for you, you put your hand through a door and screw up a lot of stuff. (laughs) You got to put... What happens if he gets impact tested? They ain't going to impact test him. What's it matter? But if he did and he didn't pass, what is that? Stupid. That's so dumb. That somebody said that he must have cut himself shaving. I wish. I wish that was it. Uh, Heyman comes out. Brock Lesnar comes out. Goldberg calls uh, Brock down to the ring. Uh, they get in the ring together, and then Undertaker's dong comes out. Uh, <laughs> and Undertaker's in the ring. That was and a surprise. That was a surprise. It was great. And they were standing together. They look at each other, and then they go off the air. It reminded me of Monday, like Monday Nitro, 1998. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Like, it was just, there was no, what do, happened? Do you remember the one where they're like, where they made you sit through the freaking Peter Pan show? Or not Peter Pan, Robin Hood. The Robin Hood yeah. show, yes. the commercials, every other commercial during Robin Hood would have like a minute of the match, and then it ended in a schmoz, it ended in a DQ. I was livid <laughs> at like 11 years old. I was like, you sons of bitches. You made me watch this Robin Hood trash to see a DQ schmoz, yeah. and it's midnight. I got school in the morning. That's how I felt when this went off the air. Only they didn't make us watch Robin Hood. So I guess it's a lot, a lot better. Anna, your thoughts on <laughs> Were you as upset about this as, as Sean and I are? Knowing our past of watching Robin Hood force, forcibly. Yeah. I feel like this is an, a glimpse into an idea of what Blue Balls with Emelina for you guys feels like. But is there, is there any follow-up? Like, do they have a match for the dark match? I'm guessing not, but like, no. is there anything after that? 
No, I mean, there might something might happen after that, but they don't compete. I thought maybe a brawl, you get them out, and then everybody wants to join in. Then Braun Strowman comes Bro! out and slaughters people. It makes too much sense. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, for a lot of it, I was distracted by the fact that this man smashed his head against a wall on the way to the ring. It's kind of up there in my books with wrestlers versus barricades. Ah, um, that was Speaking nice. of, uh, let the people know what's up with your latest most ridiculous segment, which is on our YouTube right now and on uh, Fightful.com. Go over to Features and then uh, hit that button. You'll see Anna Bauer. Click there to get all of her uh, episodes of Most Ridiculous. Yep, this week is second round of Royal Rumble predictions, including Kofi flying, um, was it Gallagher eliminating both Lesnar and Goldberg at the same time? Um, little fun things like that, which I think are 100% accurate and will happen. So Always. I am the real Nostradamus of WWE. Always a great segment. You've been getting a lot of love on Twitter for that. If you all haven't been checking that out, you need to. Also, we have a ton of features this week from myself, Kyler James, David Tease. I did one. Uh, I did a bit of a fantasy booking thing. I don't usually do those a lot, but... I booked a Royal Rumble that had people who had only been illegally eliminated or attacked coming to the ring. So Scotty Tuhati should have had like seven entrance because <laughs> entries because he, he got his ass kicked all the time. Also, I have a feature up. One day, my own site will add me under the features section. I don't know when that'll be, but sometime soon. But we have one on the top bar about my ideas to improve the Royal Rumble match. And I just want to throw this one at you all, since apparently we have a few more minutes. I think they should change the stakes of the match from a title shot at WrestleMania to whatever match you want at WrestleMania. So if Brock Lesnar wins, he says, I've already been there. I've done that. I've been in the main event of WrestleMania for the title. I want Goldberg. I want my shot at Goldberg. I think that opens up the unpredictability of the Royal Rumble. Now, I think most people should pick the world championship match at WrestleMania, but I think that that should, I just think that's a good way of, of making things a little more unpredictable. It adds stakes to the other pay-per-views in between as well. Yeah. 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 I I wouldn't mind seeing a a stipulation where uh, if you're a SmackDown guy and you win the Royal Rumble, you can challenge for the raw title. Like that would be a thing that you you would you'd be allowed to do. Uh, I would think that would be very interesting. I would love that. I think that would be. Uh, I think that. I think you gotta get rid of the people eliminating each other after they've already been out of the rumble. I think that's so cheap. I watched thirty five of these things, guys. I did this retro rumble thing where I compiled a bunch of my tweets, and it was so infuriating. It was so angry. By the way, Hulk Hogan is the worst wrestling in-ring baby face of all time. He was eye-gouging people and choking people and raking their backs and pulling people. He would throw hissy fits after he got eliminated. I hate the idea of goofing off around the ring. That's something I mentioned. And the psychology of the Rumble, I can't count. Like Kofi Kingston, do you all remember when he used to do that thing in the corner where he would jump and like put his legs over the top rope and punch people? He did that in the Rumble twice. I'm like, that's a good way to get eliminated. I, I never know. understood why guys uh, would see somebody 
pushing somebody over the rope and then go attack the guy who's pushing them. Yeah, it's like, weird, right? Why are you stopping him from do- like they wouldn't even they wouldn't like like heel face alignments, just random stopping guys from limiting somebody else. That doesn't make any sense. I used to, uh, in the you early that as a rookie UK seventeen player. Yes, that's what I did over the weekend. If if I saw a lot in the early rumbles, like Davy Boy Smith would have somebody press slammed, then he'd slam him in the middle of the ring. Look what the what are you doing, you fool! You fool. I think they need to have a clock on the screen at all times as well. I think that'd be cool. Just add a little bit of something. Uh, We have all of your Royal Rumble coverage. We've got people covering the show. We've got a live stat tracker. I'll be there. Kyler James will be there at the show. Also be at uh, NXT TakeOver. We're covering Evolve. I'll be there as well. We've got UFC Denver coverage on Saturday. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Go register for free at Fightful.com. Because when you register, you get a ton of our uh, features, a ton of our videos, a ton of our podcasts earlier than non-members. There is no credit card required. It is absolutely free. We ain't screwing you over, friends. We're bringing you the goods. Get over there. Use those forums. They're going to be lit up for Royal Rumble weekend. Alex, I'll take the reins back from you as we close this show. What are you most looking forward to this weekend and on a, on a lower level, is there anything this weekend that you think might surprise people? Whether it's NXT, Evolve, Royal Rumble. Right. Uh, NXT TakeOver has a card that I think I am the least interested in of all the TakeOvers. And I have no doubt that it will be phenomenal because they always are. They always pull something out. They have little little weird non-title, no reason for it matches like Andrade Almas versus Roderick Strong, which I think is going to be fire. Like they're, they're going to be really good stuff uh, on that show as well. I'm really looking forward to the Royal Rumble for the first time in I think three or four years since I don't, there's not a guy that I go, well, that guy's going to win. So let's just wait until that guy wins. You know, like it's, this is completely open and I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what happens with it. Anna, how about you? Same, pretty much. NXT is my favorite of the four brands, and they always deliver. Always. Um, so that will be incredible, and I did get work off just to watch it. But I shouldn't probably be saying that over live internet. Um, but yeah, that and the Rumble. You are going to be it's on the show afterwards, right? I do believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more legitimate. Usually these NXT shows, a little wilder, but this one seems a little bit more tame. I don't expect a lot of crazy stuff, but I still think it's going to be a good show. I mean, the the Nakamura-Bobby Roode match, I'm more interested in Nakamura's entrance. Like, my question is, okay, there's no Revival, there's no Samoa Joe, they got to be doing something this weekend. I think it's really weird to go into this weekend with no Revival, no Samoa Joe, no Seth Rollins advertised for the show. Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe, I think, is is definitely making uh, uh, an appearance in the Rumble. Definitely, maybe. The, to me, to me, like, I'm, I'm almost certain of it. But uh, I think it's really sad that it looks like Revival was supposed to have a match with TM61 and then uh, Shane Thorne got hurt. 
so well, let's I just hope my prediction for that is correct and they enter as one person with a giant trench coat. There you go. Uh, the rival revival together as one. I hope maybe they're on the the TV tapings before takeover. I'm really hoping that happens. I want to see the revival wrestle. Um, unfortunately, WWE doesn't look like they're going to be in Columbus this year, so that or NXT doesn't. So I have to get my NXT fix in San Antonio this weekend. I'm going to try to call into both of these shows uh, Saturday and Sunday. I have one of those nifty little earbuds with the microphone in it, so hopefully I can make it work. Uh, quite frankly, though, if I do and my connection's bad or I break up or my audio's bad, Alex is just going to kick me the hell out of the, the show because I don't want to compromise the show just to get my shit in, right. as they say. Right, yes. No, yeah. If your audio's bad, I'll kick <laughs> you out. I won't just do it because I feel like it. How <laughs> dare you? Anna, where can they find you on social media? At Anna Bowett, B-A-U-E-R-T. Oh, yeah, that's on um, Twitter, Instagram, and also Anna Bowett one on Facebook, I think. You got one of those nifty fan pages. Um, Alex, tell them I- your really convoluted I know. Twitter handle. At Palowski the fourth, P A W L O W S K I T H E the numeral four T H. You should really change that. I probably will. <laughs> I mean, I, I tell that to Matt Riddle every week. His is still Riddle Tough Seven, and I'm like, that was ten years ago, man. Yeah. Change it to Riddle Bro. It can't. That can't be taken. <laughs> Guys, go buy a T-shirt. Pro Wrestling Tees slash Sean Ross Sap. You'll see it over there on the left. You can also get Kraken Fight Team and Catch Wrestling Gear as well. Matt Riddle uh, on the show Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. We got Shane Helms Friday, of course. Register. Actually, we'll probably open those up for you all this week since it's Royal Rumble week. But register and you get most of those early. Tomorrow night, I'm with Jeff Hawkins right after SmackDown. Wednesday with the head honcho, Jimmy Van. He calls me out a lot on the podcast. He lets us, he lets us know what's up. If my job's ever in danger, you'll probably find out first on that show. <laughs> Until next time, guys, we are out. Subscribe to us, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. Leave us a thumbs up. Goodbye, guys. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.